now back to 95.7 The Game. Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason, Jason Dumas. Jason back from Summer League. The Warriors wrapping up Summer League today, right? Taking on the Wizards. Yep. That will conclude their Las Vegas Summer League schedule. It's been a pretty eventful Summer League for the Warriors. Yeah, you know, I think it's been a solid one. They, you know, they their players did what they're supposed to. I, I wanted to see a little more from Wiseman, uh, if we're being honest. I mean, Kaminga showed that he's pretty much more talented than anybody who's there when he wanted to be. But sometimes I think he was a little, he was a little too cool. He's keenly aware that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too cool for school, look. which I yeah. don't love. And I know a lot of the vets don't love that about him. Uh, they got to rein him in a lot. Um, I am. I think Kaminga is just extremely lucky he got drafted by the Warriors because I think if he got drafted by a team with without veteran leadership, um, a lot of things could go awry because he 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 knows everything. He he's I know it all. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys. He doesn't. It's not that he is defiant or that he doesn't take coaching and teaching, but it's also like. I can do this all myself. I've never done anything wrong in my life. That's an interesting point because clearly if he'd been drafted by a team like, say, Houston, he'd have played, you know, 35 minutes a game. But would he be better than he is now? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. He probably would average like 13 points per game on like 35% shooting. Very inefficient. Developed some bad habits. Yeah. he's, He's extremely... Because of the mindset that he has, he's extremely lucky he got put in the situation. He's One of the most interesting things to me about him in Summer League this year is they played him so much on the ball. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's that's the time to do stuff like that. Sure. You tinker with this. You experiment with that. And Kamiga's a good kid. Um, don't get me wrong, but we've been around basketball. You've been around basketball for a while, Whitey. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There's just some guys who are their own worst enemies because they know it all. They never made a mistake. They know it all. And uh, Kaminga has a lot of that in him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Draymond, Andre, Clay, they don't play that. They don't play that. They've had to rein him in a couple times. Steve Kerr, you know, there's been times where Steve Kerr just won't play him because he needs to learn. You know what I mean? Like he had a couple DMPs yeah. this season after like some good games where like the common fan is like, why isn't Kaminga playing? Well, remember he was starting and yeah. then he wasn't, and we don't exactly know for sure why. Maybe you do, but it looked like it came out later. I think Draymond said, "Yeah, he was late for some things." Now was that why he didn't start? Maybe, but that was whoa. <laughs> Look, <laughs> he, he was starting as a nineteen-year-old, then all of a sudden. He's late for some things. I've never heard any of the players throw him under the bus or anything or or in, intentionally is not the right word. Directly criticize him. That came close, but yeah, yeah. But I'll just say the vets speak differently of Moody than they speak of Kaminga. There's just some subtle differences. Like with with Moody it's like the kid's the consummate pro. He's always ready. He yeah. does exactly what he's we got need the to moody do. face constantly, even in summer league. With Kaminga, it's like it all in. Kaminga's like this kid has so much potential. If he just does this, if he just does that, you know, Kaminga, we just need him to do this. It's like it's different. You can just tell. While I think Kaminga has more raw talent than Moody, you can just tell by the way the vets talk about each two that the vets are definitely more satisfied with 
moody in how he is as a professional. And there's a little more to be desired with Kaminga in that aspect. All mm-hmm. the skill, talent is there. He just, you know, you can tell. And and I think even when Kaminga had his G League assignments, I know because I was told some of the coaching staffs were not were not happy with Kaminga's mindset when he went down to the G League. You know, and, and look at what Moody did. Yeah, when he went down there, and, and it's not. It's not even necessarily about the production. It's just about the mindset, how you approach it. And, you know, if he had approached it as a consummate pro and and then still went like two for 13 and had a bad game, all right, you had a bad game. You know, we know your skills. We know what you're capable of. But it was like, you know, he just didn't take it seriously. And uh, I haven't been told that people feel like that because of Summer League, but the games that I watched – I got that same vibe too, where it was just like, I'm out here. But he turns it on like that. Like the one game I went to, he was pretty bad in the first half. It was a lot of just his bad shots, not really hustling back on defense, you know, just going one on one where it just wasn't the situation to go one on one. But then in the second half, kind of locked in, turned mm-hmm. it on, the best player on the court by far. I was at the game where. He hit the game winning free throws. He 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 essentially drugged them back. So we know what he's capable of. He put what's he, nineteen? Twenty? Yeah, I think he's still nineteen. You know, I say all of that I'm saying all of that, and then I start thinking about what was I like when I was nineteen? Immature. <laughs> sure. So, you know, he just needs to mature, and it doesn't help that his rookie counterpart is like like a fifty-year-old man in a in a twenty-year-old <laughs> body, like Moses Moody is like literally the most mature nineteen-year-old I've ever met. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. Before we went to break, uh, we asked you about where would Russ go. What team could use Russ Russell Westbrook? I know you have some answers. Before we get to that, we go to the phones. Vince uh, Prince Vince in San Jose with us. Prince Vince, you're on with Jason Dumas, Whitey Gleason. Uh, how you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing, Jason Whitey? Good. Hey, how you doing, man? What do you got for us on Russell Westbrook? Well, you know, Westbrook is such an interesting character. He's had he's kind of like the stock market, right? Or like the crypto market. It's just way <laughs> up one day, and then you know, two or three years down, you see all these 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 commercials about Russell Westbrook's his clothing brand, and you know that's all great. How are you performing on the court with a max contract? He is a phenomenal athlete. He's a really good person. He has a great heart. Is he a leader of a basketball team? Is he going to be able to help even a, a, a mid-tier team win? I don't know. I mean, he's going to bring people in the seats. Is he going to be able to help L.A. win? The only way this Lakers team is going to be able to stay competitive throughout this next season, their next campaign they got to stay healthy. They can't have Anthony Davis play 20, 30 games a year. They can't have LeBron and Westbrook butting heads. And they sure as heck can't have LeBron deal with any injuries. I don't think he, I think he will stay healthy. But there's a lot of question marks around that Lakers team. I just don't know how the heck they're going to justify staying competitive um, with all of the injuries that they deal with year in and year out. Thank you, fellas. Thank yeah. you. I Yeah, I, I don't know how they imagined it would work with Westbrook adding him to the mix last year. 
uh, you know, oh, it's a superstar. We'll have another superstar. To me, you could see that coming just miles away. It's like, there's no way that's going to work. And it wasn't necessarily Westbrook's fault. It just was, I, I didn't think there was any way that that would work. Him playing uh, with those guys and where he goes from here. I don't know, Jason. If I'm Russell Westbrook, I don't know where I can go from here. I think the best fit for Russ would be the Utah Jazz. Wow. Especially if they get rid of Donovan Mitchell. Because he could have the ball in his hands. He could flourish. He could take a lot of dumb, bad shots. <laughs> but he can get his numbers. He could help win games. Because, like, as much as I'm not really a fan of Russell Westbrook or his game, he is so he is so athletic and so physically imposing at his position. He can win you some games just that way. He can lose you some. Don't get me wrong. He shoots his teams out of games yeah. often. He's a bad three-point shooter, and everybody knows it except for him. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for has, sure. He has no idea. I could see, you know, I could. I think the Utah Jazz would be the best fit for Russell Westbrook. Hmm. And that would be assuming that they, they trade Donovan Mitchell, Gobert's already out in there, kind of retooling, and they just need somebody kind of a – I don't know, a bridge star yeah. to stay semi-relevant while they're figuring out how to become competitive again? Exactly. Even if they don't trade Donovan Mitchell, I mean, they're going to take a step back regardless. The, the Jazz were awful down the stretch of last year. And then they they lost to the Jazz, or they lost to the Mavs. Mavericks. Luka who, didn't play the first part of that series. First three games. Yeah. Luka didn't even play. That was a bad loss. Yeah. And then they, you know, their coach, they lost Quinn Snyder. Quinn really Snyder, now they have Will Hardy, the youngest coach in NBA, 34 years old. Yeah, I think that's an accurate read. I think that bunch, they realized they got as far as they were ever going to get. You know, in the bubble year, they had the best record in the league, right? And mm -hmm. they had that humiliating defeat to the Clippers. So I think they've gone as far as they can go with this bunch, and that's a good read. And that's a tough decision to make for a small market team to load up in the draft, through the draft, and then become very competitive to have to realize, this is it. We're done. Um, Danny Ainge is yeah. good at his job. He Really good. He knows. Yeah. He knew. He was like, we're never going to win. With this group, we yeah. just not, and he kind of inherited that group mm -hmm. too. Yeah. He was like, "We can be, yeah. you know, we can be anywhere from probably like second to sixth in the West, competitive." But I'm Danny Ainge. I want to win a championship. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see: Are they going to do that complete rebuild, or are they going to do that middle rebuild, like you said? Where it's like, who? I mean, they, I I like Walker Kessler. I think he's going to be good. And when I say good, I think he's going to be a rim protector, you know, maybe give you about 10 to 12 points per game. But he'll be good for them. He's a good piece to build around. They got him in that Gobert trade. And then uh, you see what you can get from Donovan Mitchell. The, the Knicks already said they won't include R.J. Barrett, which I think is stupid. Uh, I don't think R.J. Barrett is as good as, uh, as, good as Knicks fans think he is. Um, he's almost like a Russell Westbrook, but bigger. On the text line here, some interesting thoughts from the smartest listeners in radio, 888-957-9570. Uh, Edwards, Anthony Edwards, was pretty good in the movie Hustle. I haven't seen that yet. That's what I understand. I've seen it. I'm, yeah, it's true, right? He's good in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah I got to check that out. Uh, from good movie. 415, Jonathan Kuminga is a future all-star. The championship window will remain open after the Splash Brothers. It's possible. I think it's looking more likely than it 
you know, was looking when they introduced this plan, but we still don't know yet. I mean, there's a long ways to go before we can start saying Kaminga, future all-star. He could be, certainly could be. He has the talent. Yeah. He's really good. Mm-hmm. He is really good. Him and Moody, uh, him and Moody were home run picks uh, for the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, let's see here from the 510. Let's get KD. Question is how? They ain't getting KD, Jason. Warriors ain't getting KD. I mean, right? There's no way. Is there? They've entertained it. Now, if you're asking my personal opinion, should they? I would say no. But they've entertained the idea of it. I don't know if it's going beyond that, just entertaining it. Um, it seems to me that their their stars are open to the idea, too. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I understand that. I just think my guess would be, my read is that Ownership is so committed to that second timeline. Right. Uh, right. Joe Lacob is so committed to Wiseman and Kuminga and Poole and Moody that he wouldn't want to give that up to bring KD back. I think he feels like, yeah, man, I, I, we have a chance to win multiple championships down the road. You bring in KD, you give all that up, and then you know your your your, your due date comes up a lot faster on this core. I'm a huge Moody fan. I'm a huge pool fan I'm a pretty big Kaminga fan and I like that organic championship feeling now I'm, I also don't own the team so if I owned the team I would probably look at it from a different vantage point like KD brings in mm-hmm. a lot of money he is a global superstar Joe Lacob likes money. Yeah. So you trade for KD, you can get, you're going to get a return in your investment just with all he brings. Uh, you know, I, I don't see it, though. I just don't. He left. He left. Why, why would you want to bring him back? He, he willingly left. I, the only problem I have with bringing him back, it doesn't have anything to do with the terms under which he left or him and Draymond or any of that drama. I'd be fine with that if I had KD. He's phenomenal. But I just think you bring in KD, then you're just you're admitting that this is going to end. Uh, the expiration date on our championship days is coming up in the next couple of years. And if you stick with the younger players, you have a chance to extend that. And I think that's where Joe Lacob, my read, that's where he plans on making his money. If we stay relevant for the long haul, bring in a new core, and we can stay there. It's still a long putt. You can't assume they're going to do that. But I think that's what he plans on doing. Yeah. No, you, you're you you're so right about this whole two-timeline thing. They've been pretty adamant about it. Mm-hmm. But you know who trumps stuff like that? Kevin Durant. Superstar. Like, yes. yeah, I mean, super all-time great players. There's... there's there's exceptions to the rule. Like, yeah, I want a two-timeline. I want to be good for a long time, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you have a chance to get a player of Kevin Durant's stature. And then then things change. Now, I'm not saying that's the case. But I'm just saying Kevin Durant, he has that type of uh, pull to all of a sudden you switch what your plans were because you have a chance to get someone who you yeah. just didn't anticipate having a chance to get. And... Yeah, man, it's it's tough because I'm actually surprised that the the big three is receptive. And that's just based off reports. I haven't 
I haven't been told anything. Like, I think it was Rick Buecher said yes. something along the lines that Steph Curry wants to play with him again. And let me know on the text line if I, that if that if that isn't accurate. But I know it was something along either he right. wants to or he's open to it. Right. Um, and Windhorse said. Steph Curry was asked about it and he didn't shoot it down. But you're right. Buecher had a more definitive report that Steph was like, yes, let's do this. Or that he reached out to Durant, something along those lines. I don't have a hard time believing that, Jason, because I think those three, do, they just want to win. And they look and they want to win as many as they can before they're done. And they look at KD and they figure, wow, we could win next year. We could win the year, year after. Let's do that. I, 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 don't, I don't have a hard time. Steph has, what, four that. now? Yeah. Yeah. Shoot, two more. He has six. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that puts him in rare. And they've already breath. proven. You know, we did it before he was here. We did it after he was here. So we don't have to worry about people saying, "Oh, you can't win without KD," because we've proven that. So let's bring him back. Yeah, you're talking me into it now. <laughs> Honestly, I just have such a sour ma- taste in my mouth from the last time I covered KD. Nothing he did directly. He never did anything directly to me. But he was just so irritable that whole year. But it was just that year, right? I mean, well, that's the only weird year. That's the only year I covered him. Uh huh. That was my first year on the Warriors beat. I got there. I got to this market. They won it in 2018 in June, and I got here that August, so two months later. So that that so you're the reason he left, probably. Okay. He was like, Jason Dumas is in the market now. I'm out of here. I'm on the first thing smoking. <laughs> no, but honestly, oh, the 707, change your topic. It's annoying. You're going to have to listen for at least five more minutes, brother. So it was just an annoying season to cover because you had that awkwardness. Look, everybody was like, is KD staying? Is KD gone? I knew for a fact he was leaving just based off body language, not answering certain questions. He's out. I'm they, like, all, they all knew it. Yeah, he's gone. So you had that awkwardness. He was so irritable. He just, every little thing a reporter asked him, a reporter would ask him a valid, legit question, and KD would give him sass. And I'm just like, this is not fun. It was not a fun team to cover. And yeah, remember what Steve said? Uh, he was kind of misquoted, but at the same time, you, you, you knew what he wanted to say. But Steve was like that. That season where we were... Yeah, the 2019-20 yeah, the, the year, the gap year was... Was funner yeah, to yeah. coach. I believe him. I believe that because he was... As as someone who covered that team, covered both teams, you know, I got f- better access, like, with the players when they were really bad that, that next year, and I got some cool one-on-ones, and yeah, they stunk, and it was a little boring from a basketball standpoint, but I could navigate and do my job yeah. a little funner. But That's, you know, and you were there, you know that that year when they had that terrible 15 and 55, whatever, something like 50, that, Steve Kerr did not have fun. I mean, maybe in some ways they didn't have the burdens that they had the year before, but he did not have fun yet that year. That year was terrible. Yeah, they, were, they stunk. Um, but my point is, my long-winded point is that the 2019 year was awful to cover. It just wasn't fun. Even when I like the finals was cool. It was my first NBA finals. That was a cool experience. But the players, they just, you could tell they were all over it that entire year. 
like this past year was the funnest team I've ever covered professionally. Mm-hmm. They loved each other. Their chemistry was amazing. Uh, all the storylines, you know, they were all pretty media friendly, except, you know, a few who never have been that media friendly. Uh, so, yeah, I loved it. 888-957-9570. Let's talk to Mike in San Francisco. Apparently he's out on KD. Mike, you're on with Jason and Whitey. What's up? Yeah, what's up, guys? Yeah, to me, out on KD, first of all, this no chance of this happening. I think this is just Rich Kleiman uh, trying to leak this out because there's really no interest for KD for the uh, package offer you want because you give up half your team. This is not the same KD, guys. As you saw defensively in the first round against Boston, he got absolutely torched by Tatum. Not to mention is he's still a great offense player, but he's not as dominant on top of all the baggage and nonsense and drama he brings. And he, he's always hurt. He missed a lot of games. So if you're looking for the worst perspective and, and Rick Buecher, I take whatever he says with a grain of salt because he's rarely accurate. If it's not Woj, Shams, even a guy like Marcus Thompson who has personal relationships inside the Warriors, uh, take whatever Rick Buecher says with a grain of salt because he's always wrong. I don't believe any of that. Um, I look at it from the worst perspective. Wiggins is a perfect fit. Obviously, he's not as talented as Durant, but defensively, he's a much more impactful player than KD was. And besides Curry, he's the biggest reason why the Warriors won the uh, championship because he just shut down Tatum, who every the overwhelming favorite was Boston to win the title, and and Tatum just locked him down and took him out of the series. So, and he can score you twenty plus, and and he's perfect being the the three or four uh, guy on the team, and there's no drama with him. He just wants to play ball, and that's it. So I just think, and lastly, I want to add, I think a lot of people are underestimating how much Steve Kerr really hated dealing with Kevin Durant. I just felt like he wants no part of Kevin Durant, even if, say, hypothetically, the, the, the big three for the Warriors wanted him back. I think Steve Kerr would put a kibosh to that, and ultimately, I think with Myers and Lake of C, we don't want any part of this guy. I don't care even if you guaranteed him a title. I just think Steve Kerr wants nothing to do with him. So I just think Durant's going to end up staying in Brooklyn. And I said when he left, he's never going to win another title. And you can see he's just not a leader. And you just bring all the nonsense he's bring as great as he is, just not worth the drama. And let him have Kyrie, who is another cancer. Those guys deserve each other, and they're never going to win anything. And just laughing at Brooklyn, uh, you're still going to be the afterthought because New York is still going to be a Knicks town, as awful as the Knicks are. Uh, Brooklyn's always going to be Nathan's on their own city. Thanks for the time, guys. Thank you very Thank much, you. Mike. I strongly he's agree. Not with, a, he's not with, a KD fan. No, I strongly <laughs> agree with Mike, but only half of what he said, and I strongly agree with that half. As far as, you know, uh, Kerr wouldn't want to coach KD and there's a, too much drama, I don't think that's a factor, really. I, I, I think the Warriors, if they felt like, we brought them back, we'd win again, I think they'd be fine with everything else that, that surrounded that. But I think Mike touched on what, to me, is the key here is, like, KD's getting older, too. An all-time great player, but he has been hurt. He's not quite the same player, and I just don't think the Warriors, where they are right now, they want to hitch their wagon to that because, that again, that brings up the expiration date on this dynasty, whatever you want to call it, sooner, and I don't think they want to go there. Um, and That's just, you know, I think they're really excited about where they could go with these young players. There's no guarantee, but I think that's what the organization is committed to, and I don't have any problem believing that the big three, that Clay, Dre, and Steph look at it and go, let's get KD back. That's great. Then we can win more championships. But ownership is looking bigger picture than just um, the ends of their careers. Yeah. I. It's something about that organic championship that they won last year that was just amazing. Yeah. Somebody loves that term from the 5-0, organic championship feeling. Yeah. Just 
you sh- you can win one without him. You know you can. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. Is your margin for error less if you bring in KD? Probably, almost definitely, but in the short term, yeah. in the short term at yeah. least. Uh, I don't know. There's something just I love about this group of guys with Pool and Moody and Kaminga and what they can become to go along with the core of Steph, Dre, and Clay. I I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Now, if they did it, would I be like, oh, the Warriors made a mistake? No, I wouldn't. And it would be really exciting, <laughs> you know, KD coming back. But I just, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't deplete the roster to bring in a KD. Bring in a couple more vets. Bring in Markeith Morris, you know, see what Andre's doing. I think Blake Griffin? No. Okay. I'd rather have Morris than Griffin. <laughs> um, I am a Blake Griffin fan, too. I just don't. I don't uh I saw Taylor Griffin at uh at Summer League and I asked him if if Blake is retiring and he said no. Mm. Because there had been some rumors that Blake was considering retirement. Mm. Taylor Griffin told me he's not. All right. Good scoop there. Uh 888-957-9570. By the way, tough fact to follow uh because my great call Mike, we appreciate that. We'll get to uh the phones in just a moment. Also, we'll get back around to it. Uh, Bobby Marks says, Steph now the second best player of all time behind MJ. I can't wait to find out what Jason thinks of that. <laughs> and what you think of that at 888-957-9570. It's Jason Dumas, Whitey Gleason on 95.7 The Game. To 95.7 The Game. Love, we've got some heat coming back from break. Talking Warriors Summer League here on 95.7 The Game with Jason Dumas and Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason. Something very interesting uh, that Bobby Mark said this week. Got a lot of attention, and I can't wait to find out what Jason thinks of it. Bobby Marks, <laughs> former NBA, well, he was a what, assistant GM in Brooklyn uh, or with the Nets. I don't even know if they were in Brooklyn then. Um, and he's now a front office insider for ESPN. And he was asked about Steph Curry. And Bobby Mark says, you know what? Right now I have Michael Jordan number one and Steph Curry number two. Steph Curry, in Bobby Mark's opinion, a better player than anybody in the history of the game other than number 23, Michael Jordan. How about that? The fact that you can even make that suggestion now and not get laughed off of the set. To me, it speaks to what an incredible postseason Steph Curry had. I think he did things, especially in Game 4, that proved he could do some things that some said he could never do as far as carrying a team on his back. But, Jason, what did you what, you make of that? Michael Jordan and then Steph Curry, 1-2 all time. Whoa! See, I hate this. <laughs> I saw when Bobby Mark said that, yeah. I rolled my eyes so hard. Did you? What do you hate about it? I, I'm wondering if he even believes it. Ah. Why we do this? Mm-hmm. Why do we rank in all this? Now I get it. Like, I get people are going to get ranked. Who's better than who? That's just part of sports culture and sports talk culture. Media does it. The fans do it. I get it. But guys with platforms like Bobby Mark's, Leave like leave the rankings to the barbershops. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. me and you just, you know, talking trash, talking hoops, you know, the fans just talking hoops. 
guys with big platforms on ESPN, Fox Sports, uh, all the networks. Like, let's not let's stop ranking because now I got to talk about it. Now I have to like unintentionally put down Steph Curry, which I don't want to do because I'm a fan of him on and off the court. I love covering him. Uh, but clearly what Bobby Marks did was recency bias. Steph hasn't had a better career than LeBron James. They both have four championships. Outside of three-point shooting, Steph doesn't do anything better than LeBron. For, for the record, Jason DeMoss is a big LeBron guy, and it's understandable because Jay, uh, when Jason was a very young reporter. He asked LeBron for a few minutes of his time, and LeBron gave him a large chunk of time. Jason's told me the story. He's told the story on the air. So I understand why, in addition to just being a basketball aficionado who can see LeBron and say, wow, he's great. I know that you have a personal affection for, for yeah, LeBron. Well. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I'm a LeBron fan. I'm a Steph Curry fan, too. Um, and I think Steph is, you know, probably a top 10 player after this year. You know, I'm not huge into the rankings. I'm really not. So, like, I'd have to think, but like in terms of, and I also, when I do like my little rankings and comparisons, I don't do guards and centers together or guards and bigs together because it's hard to compare. Like, why can I compare? Like, I can't compare like Shaq and Wilt and Kareem with like Jordan and Magic and Steph and LeBron. Like, they're just so different. So when I do my little like rankings, it's like guards and big men. So in terms of guards, I think the only guys better than Steph are probably and not just guards, wings. I should say when you when I do wings, it's probably guards and wings is probably Jordan number one, LeBron number two, and I think Steph and Magic are now like on the same tier, which says so much because Magic was so good too. Yeah. Are uh, you with me that Steph, and I understand what you're saying about rankings, and it's so difficult in basketball because you're taking a guy out of the team context and then, you know, you can't do that. Everything changes when you do that. But I do think Steph overall has been more impactful, therefore a better player than Kobe. Who, Steph? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about Kobe. Um, Kobe's right there too. I think Steph or yeah, I think Steph and Magic are slightly above Kobe. Um and I'm look, I I'm from Lower Marion area. I know where Kobe I know. went to high school. Uh I'm glad you mentioned Magic because and it was a while ago, so a lot of people didn't see him, but he was I mean, at the time, there was nobody like Magic, a guy 6'9", playing point guard the way he did and jumping center without Kareem in the last game of the finals, game six, over your Sixers and, and saying, oh, we don't have Kareem, that's all right, mm -hmm. here we go, winning a championship as a rookie. He was absolutely phenomenal, and he gets short shrift quite often in these conversations, so I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah. No, look, Steph is a top 10 player probably of all time, if not top 10, top 15. Once you get once you get to like that top ten ish, it's also just it's so subjective. It's sure, a, it's a matter of taste. But but you're not you're not uh, buying number two all time. No, he come on. How how can you objectively say he's had a better career than LeBron James? LeBron James is going to finish as the all time leading scorer in NBA history. Uh, what about and someone on the text line mentions this? What about what Ray Allen said about LeBron? Did you see that? No, but I don't care what Ray Allen said. Can, can I just share it with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, sure. 
There may be audio on this. I don't know. It was at a camp last week or the week before. And there was a, one of the campers asked Ray Allen about LeBron or said LeBron's the best player of all time. And Ray Allen said, was LeBron a good shooter? Was LeBron a good uh, three-point shooter, free-throw shooter, and dribbler? And he said, if he's not, how can he be considered the best player of all time? That was what Ray Allen said. And so many on the text line from the 650 wanted to ask about that. Well, That was Ray Allen's take. Ray Allen, who, of course, was a fine shooter. If LeBron is not, if LeBron's not a good shooter... If LeBron's not a good dribbler, how is he going to retire from this game scoring more points than anyone who's ever played this game? That's literally one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> it is. And guys like Ray Allen, they lit their personal, like, they. he's one of those guys, like, Ray Allen, I don't even think he was super happy for Steph Curry. I think that was fake. It, it just seemed fake. The fake praise. No, that that's really dumb thing for Ray Allen to say. It is. Um, like, for well, instance... Kareem was pretty good, and he wasn't a great ball handler. Yeah, like, so dumb. So, like, for instance, I think Kobe Bryant has more, like, skill, offensive skill, and a bigger repertoire than LeBron James. Like, he could do more to fade away, like, the footwork. But at the end of the day... LeBron's size, strength, athleticism, that combination, and then just his hoops IQ allowed him to score easier, more efficiently. LeBron didn't need all that stuff in his bag to score because he can just get to the rim downhill, score, put pressure on the rim. Just because someone has more doesn't make them better. Like, if you look, people have that argument with LeBron and Kobe all the time, like, Kobe can do so much more offensively. He probably can. But what LeBron is good at allows him to score easier. So if you look at the numbers, LeBron is going to LeBron is going to retire scoring more points than Kobe. He already did. He already passed Kobe. Yeah, yeah. Taking way less shots, doing it way more efficiently. So how can you tell me, look at me and say Kobe was a better offensive player? Just because he could do more doesn't mean he's better overall because LeBron might not have to package it of moves offensively, but what LeBron is good at, he is amazing at, and it makes him a more efficient offensive player, a deadlier scorer. Like I think LeBron is a better scorer than Kobe. He he is. He might he has more points than the guy on less shots. Yep. You know what I mean? More efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Pe- yeah. Pe- people just don't like someone, and they say foolish things. And and what's really foolish about what Ray Allen said is that he overlooks one of the things that really makes LeBron unique. He doesn't okay, he mentions shooting and he mentions a dribbling. He doesn't mention passing. Mm-hmm. LeBron's one of the he has a among the best court sense of any player in the history of basketball. He's like, you know, some players you can see the lineage. Like you can follow um high flyers um, there was there was Elgin Baylor, there was Connie Hawkins, there was Julia Serving, and then to a degree there was Jordan. And LeBron is more on the Oscar Robertson than Magic than LeBron sort of evolution. LeBron is, is was and is a great passer, which is one I think one of the most overlooked talents in basketball. And he's a great one, an all time great passer. And you're right, you couple that with the scoring and LeBron with championships for three different franchises. I think sometimes we look down on that, like, well, you should stay on one team. But that's amazing. Three championships with three different franchises. Especially the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not Cleveland! a winning. 
good. Yeah, that's not a winning franchise. It never has been. LeBron came, and every time LeBron's played for them, they've been one of the best teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Look, saying that I don't think Steph is better or has a better career or has had a better career than LeBron is not an insult. We're talking like we are. We are talking the best of the best at this point, and I think Steph is one of the best of the best. I just think, I think LeBron personally is the second best player of all time. But people who say he's the best ever, I wouldn't even call them crazy. I think it's out of Michael and LeBron and Kareem, and who's the best? I, I don't know. But to me, if you're going to talk about this at all. Those are, to me, the three guys that are above everybody else. I also don't love talking about guys I've never seen play. Like, I didn't see Kareem play, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you mean? What do I mean, really? I never, I didn't see him play. Mm-hmm. I hear the stories. I, I see some of the highlights. I, I know I read some of the folklore. <laughs> um, but you know, and, and so even, I know he was yeah, amazing. If you look at the championships, all-time leading score and the number of MVPs. I mean, even if you haven't seen him play. And this was, you know, this wasn't back in the 50s or anything. He played into the into the throughout the the 80s. So, I understand what you're saying, but he was he was phenomenal. Those three guys to me are the best. Steph, I think I'm with you. It's uh it's futile sometimes to rank guys, but Steph has in my mind anyway, he deserves to be considered uh, for a higher ranking than he did before this this year. Oh, in these absolutely. Finals. Yeah, this that's, put, that's really the story. This put him in a different tier. Yeah, I agree. This put him in a different tier. Now he's at the same table as as Magic Bird. Um, Kobe's probably at yeah, that table yeah, too. Yeah, sure. By the way, did you hear what uh, Iguodala said about Rashid Wallace? Yeah, I loved that. Did you? I loved it. Yeah. Anytime someone slights, even if it's unintentionally, because he said he loves Giannis. Anytime someone slights Giannis, I'm I'm for it. I just can't. I'm not a huge Giannis fan. Okay. Yeah, Rashid was phenomenal. Rashid was pretty good as it was, and it wasn't that long ago that he played. For those who didn't hear. Uh, Andre Iguodala said, "If Rashid Wallace played now, he'd be better than Giannis." He said, "He said, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what he yeah. said. But he said, if Rashid Wallace played today, he'd be a top five player every year of his career, pretty much." And I got his logic is because shooting and stretching the floor has yeah. become some par- so paramount, right. and, and he it was wasn't. so good at that. Oh yeah, yeah. he was yeah. shooting left handed. So uh, why do you already think that Pool is better than KD? Does he think Pool is an all-time great? You know what I said about Pool one time? I said that Pool's a better playmaker than KD, as in setting up teammates. And they ran people, with it. Yeah, and it's like that's not what I said. But okay, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. Flow Glow, San Francisco on ninety five seven. The game. How you doing, FG? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I really just want to chime in and just say. Uh, I love that Steph is getting this well-deserved praise and credit. I don't want Steph to be compared with other positions. I would rather compare Steph in the point guard position, and then I would put him number two all time. You could keep him in the uh, point. Two behind who? Two guard. Compare him to the wing. Um because overall, I believe Steph is a skilled player as opposed to an all-around athletic skilled player. That's not to take away that he doesn't have athleticism, but not at the rate that your Kobe's and LeBron's and, and Jordan have. Steph is number two 
point guard skilled and efficient of all time and Oh. impact on the game. Thank Who's number one? Thank you, Floglo. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure who Floglo had as number one point guard. And even that gets tougher and tougher to figure out because of how much positionless basketball we see played now. Yeah. So. Rankings just get gets too messy. Um I would imagine she's probably talking about Magic, her top point guard ever. Or LeBron. I mean, some people yeah, consider see? ultimately LeBron, and I agree with the notion that ultimately he's a point guard. And I know he doesn't play as much, but I, to me, that's that's what he's been. You run the offense through him, and he used to actually be, he played point guard. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, Steph is up there. Steph, he had one of the best season seasons of all time in NBA history. I'd say that's probably like a top three, top four season. He won... He won the All-Star MVP. He broke the three po- all-time three-point scoring record, won the Western Conference MVP, won the NBA Finals MVP, won a championship. And numbers-wise, it was not close to his best year. No, especially percentages and stuff. Uh, it was a heck of a year. Yeah, because he didn't really have that flurry where like, he, where, like, he went a month where he was just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. He did that last year. Last year, the year they didn't make the playoffs where he came in third in MVP voting. Um, he had that one He had that one month where it was nuts, where he averaged like damn near 40 points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, so, and he is still going to be in his prime for about three years, I would imagine. From the 510, you can't forget about Barkley. He was a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're talking about the best player ever, I'm not. I'm, for, I'm forgetting about him. Yeah, really good player. Detroit Pistons. Isaiah Thomas is on here too. Someone said Isaiah Thomas. He was a really good player too. Isaiah Thomas was actually like my dad's favorite player ever. He's one of those to me. He's one of those great players who somehow is underrated. People don't know how good he was. Yeah, everyone knows he was a great player, but it's like, yeah, yeah, but you don't know how good he was. Right. Yeah. Right. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. Max in Mill Valley ninety five seven. The game. Hello, Max. How are you today? Good, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about kind of the luxury tax and even having some cap problems. And I think last year you paid I mean, $300 million, something like that in luxury tax. So I just wanted to get you guys' take on it because at the same time, we've drafted pretty much most of our talent now and we're being penalized for that. But at the same time, like, if you want to pay to win, it is a pretty good system. It does prevent paying to win to a certain extent. So I just kind of wanted to yeah, I don't I don't typically get too much into the luxury tax because it's not my money. I don't care. It's some rich guy's money. But I do hate the fact that the Warriors are being penalized for keeping their own guys. There should be some sort of caveat where they don't get penalized at as high of a rate because it's guys they drafted and guys who came through their system. Because uh, that's literally... What the NBA wants, the NBA wants. Yep, they don't want player movement. They don't want. They it's want set up so you can pay your own guys more money. Yeah, yeah, they they want there, so they shouldn't be taxed that way. I believe that, but when it comes to like spending and over the cap and oh, we're gonna be this into the luxury tax. Look, I'm not paying that tab. If Joe Lacob wants to pay that tab, let him. I'm not. Don't really bother me none. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of teams weren't necessarily so much upset at the Warriors as they were. 
to Max's point that the system's failing. You have the luxury tax in the NBA, and we know it's inherently unfair to teams like the Warriors, but they have that, and they've agreed to that because it's supposed to keep teams from spending too much. And if you're a small market team that doesn't want to spend a lot of money and you look at what the Warriors are doing, you say, hey, our system isn't working, right? But, but the problem is you have too many teams in pro sports in the NBA that don't want to win, <laughs> Joe Lake is being penalized for wanting to win. Too many teams, there's so many baseball teams like this, they don't want to spend the money it takes to win because they can make more money by not being good. So that gets you back to the whole problem of pro sports to begin with. You're supposed to be paying a lot of money to try to win so that you earn the attention and the money from customers. Back to the text line. If you From the 408, if you use pound for pound, Curry is top two. I do agree with that. Like sure. pound for pound, Curry might be the best player of all time. Who's better? I would say the top three in no specific order is just three guys who pop out right in my head. Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> pound for pound, top three players of all time. Nate Isaiah, Archibald. Isaiah Thomas, Seth, or Steph Curry, and Allen Iverson. Yeah, Allen Iverson. Yeah, and I would throw in Tiny, too, another guy you probably yeah. didn't see play much. Nate but Tiny Archibald. Yeah, Hall of Famer, small guy, led the league in assists and scoring eight, in one year. 888-957-9570. Eric in San Francisco, 95-7 the game. Eric, how high do you rank Steph Curry all time? Well, I want to take it to a different kind of judgment level. I think if you talk about the person on and off the court, by far he is better than LeBron, even Michael. And way better than Kobe. Based on what, Kobe, though? Based on based on based on what? Let me just ask you that. Based on what? Off the court, because off the court, neither have blemishes. Both do a tremendous amount of work for their community. What do you base on Steph being better off the court than LeBron? I I, I mean, we can all judge whether LeBron's movement to go to my go to Miami from 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 Cleveland was a a good political move, you know. From a social media perspective, there are a lot of people who don't like him for that. Uh, Curry has been loyal to his team. Curry has been loyal to his fans. And and for that matter, I, I think he has a better um, image uh, for, for the general public. Thank you, Eric. I, LeBron doesn't get the credit I think he deserves for the things he's done for the communities he's been in. And that's fine, um, but I, him going to him going to Miami doesn't make him a bad person. That's kind of what the caller kind of just made it seem like, which I just disagree with. Yeah, but it is true. I think there is that perception. Most people look, especially around here, of course, they look at Steph as wow, he's a man. He's such a near perfect guy. And then LeBron, oh, we don't like LeBron. So that's just a fan being a fan. But I do think, to your point, uh, Eric, I do think LeBron has done a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier, I know somebody who worked for him said, oh, man, he's the nicest guy. He does a lot of stuff that that we don't necessarily hear about a lot. He just has a bigger, LeBron has a bigger ego than Steph, or at least it yeah, seems. Yeah, no, he does. Yeah, yeah. He does. So that'll rub people the wrong way, but it doesn't mean he's necessarily not. You know, he's a really, he's a really, he's done some really good things. I founded a school. Yeah. Literally yeah. has a school where yeah. kids graduate and go to college for free. I'm not the <laughs> LeBron fan that you are, but even I have to admit, yeah, I mean, he's done some amazing things for people. Yeah. Really good work and so has Steph yeah that's why that's why what I told you in the beginning Whitey like I hate it because all of a sudden it like indirectly has you pitting two guys against each other and like by default it sounds like I'm putting Steph Curry down mm -hmm. which I'm not 
Not real. I understand you know what I mean. You're sensitive like, to that, but yeah, there's there's room to have that conversation without putting any anyone down. down. I would hope. Yeah, I would hope if we're being reasonable about it. And we'll get back to the phones, 888-957-9570. Steph Curry, number two all time. Is there any way that that's legitimate right now? Or is Bobby Marks just the prisoner uh, of the moment? Also, Summer League, huge success for the worst so far, right? One more game to go. they got to be pretty happy with Summer League so far, right? That's coming up next year with Jason Duke.